Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that he has in store for you. Good morning, Crossroads family. I'll take that. That's fine. Um, all right, we're glad you're here this morning, and um, I'm excited to be here. As uh, Nancy and Jeremy alluded to, we are in the middle of a series on exponential prayer. Uh, we're not only are we preaching and teaching on it on Sunday mornings, but it's also the the core of our curriculum that we're using for our small group studies throughout throughout the week. And we just invite you and encourage you to get involved in that. It doesn't matter where you come into that process. Um, so if you're visiting with us or maybe you haven't had a chance to plug in, uh, we still want to invite you to, to do that. Um, one of the main platforms, in addition to Sunday mornings, that we are using is our small groups, um, particularly on our Wednesday nights, Thursdays, and things like that. And if you're not plugged into one of those, I know you've heard me say this before, I just encourage you to get involved in, in a small group. Um, my wife and I have been involved in a small group for a number of years now, and we have, um, as, as often happens in small groups, you develop kind of this core group of, of people that you just gra- gravitate towards, and uh, Katie and I have been blessed to, uh, to be, find ourselves in a small group with, with a handful of couples that are in, in the similar stages of life than us as us that they've got uh, we've got kids the same age you know we've been been married about the same length of time and uh, we call our our little group our tribe and it is um, hugely impactful on on our lives and if you haven't had the benefit of um, being involved in a group like that and having um, that close-knit group and that that intimacy that exists and I encourage you to get plugged into a small group because that's how you build those relationships um, and it has uh, such a huge impact not only on your life but on the lives of others. And, and so, in fact, um, even this week, um, the benefit of that group has, has played out. Um, I was struggling uh, putting this message together earlier in the week, and one of the members of our group just happened to see a, a clip that was completely unrelated, a video clip that was completely unrelated to anything that we were talking about. Um, in, in our small group or anything like that, but, but knew that it was something uh, relatable to some other things that I had been uh, working on and just said, hey, just send me this video and go, hey, man, I think you'll like this. Check this out. 
and without even knowing that they were doing that it just it just set me on fire and and God just used that that one little clip to connect the dot but it it seemed so random to them at the time but they would have never even thought to have done that if we had not been been in relationships and so I would um, I just if you don't get anything out of the message today um, regardless of prayer or anything like that I just promise you um, being in a close-knit group with a handful of friends that um, that that love you and you love them um, will just radically radically change your life and and change your heart and so I just encourage you to to get involved in some of these some of these small groups so find your tribe and love them well okay That's what I'm trying to tell you so we're in this series, I want to recap for just a minute, we're, we're in this series on exponential prayer and we're studying uh, prayer and the ways that when we as the people of God begin to engage in prayer that not only does it have an impact on our lives but it has an impact on the people around us and it ultimately has an impact on all of creation. And so we've been studying a couple of different uh, angles of it. Pastor Lowell's been up here for the last couple of weeks and he's been um, he's been talking about a couple of different things. He's uh, first thing he talked about was the posture of prayer, the position or uh, the way that we come about and how we come into prayer, and the importance and the significance of that, and how our various postures um, impact um, prayer and and impact prayer on us and prayer on others. And then he talked about the power of prayer and and what prayer does and how there's a power and a value in prayer. And next week. Um, Walter's going to be up here, and he's going to be talking about um, the presence of God in our prayer life, and I'm super excited um, to hear that. I almost stole that idea for the day, but um, Walter's a little bit bigger than me, so I was like, yeah, I'll just let him have that one. But um, So I'm going to be talking today in just a few minutes about our perspective, but before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about what prayer is, because maybe you're new to this series, maybe you're just coming in, maybe we haven't really... You've heard a little bit about posture, you've heard a little bit about power, but you're not exactly sure what, what prayer is. And so, um, as I typically do when I'm prepping, I, I went and just looked up a, a simple definition, because that's usually where I like to start, is what is the kind of the common thought or the common idea. And, and prayer is just simply defined um, in the dictionary as a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks addressed to God. Now, man, when I read that, I was like, okay, that's kind of dull, that's kind of, that doesn't really have... Uh, a lot of value or a lot of meaning it doesn't it's just kind of a sterile statement um, it doesn't inspire a lot in me when I when I read that um, and so I began to explore okay well what is that definition and why does that definition if I just simply read that definition it, it probably wouldn't have uh, a great impact on me so I, I kind of started thinking about okay what is what is prayer that's the definition but what are some of the prayers that we do and what I mean you know, and, and how do we go about praying? And I started thinking about, you know, that prayers, um, and, you know, we have prayers for all different kinds of things. I, I think about how we have prayers for healing. You know, somebody comes to us and they, and they, they um, acknowledge some type of uh, illness and, and we pray for their healing. And, or maybe we have, maybe we pray for blessings. Maybe somebody comes and, they're, and, they, and they share with us or maybe we're personally in uh, a need of some financial blessing or some kind of, um, movement of God and so we we pray for God's blessings we pray for his provision maybe we're getting to travel maybe we're going to go somewhere and we we pray for we pray for safety in our travels or things like that and as I thought about you know those kind of prayers when I thought about what we pray 
I really began to, to think about this, this shift, this perspective shift that, that I feel like that for, for us as, as the people of God and as a church, we maybe need to maybe we need to begin to ask some other questions and change our perspective because I know from what I do that perspective a lot of times defines how we go about praying versus why we pray. And I know that because, um, for those of you that don't know, I run an outdoor adventure ministry, and one of the things that we do is we run a retreat center, and at that retreat center we have a high ropes challenge course. And so youth groups and school groups and corporate groups come out, and, and they do team enrichment or personal enrichment with us, and so we run them through a program. And one of the things that we use for that is our high ropes challenge course. Now, our high ropes challenge course is an obstacle course that is about 35 feet off the ground. You wear safety equipment and you go up and you do these obstacles and then there's a big giant swing that you use to, to exit out of that. And we love using the obstacle course because what we found is that it's the great equalizer, that everybody that walks up to the course usually comes with some type of perspective. You have people that walk up and they look at that and they're like, oh, that's not nearly as high as I thought it was going to be. I'd been kind of worried about that, um, but that doesn't look that high. You have other people who walk up and they take one look at it and suddenly they're like, oh, that's way higher than I thought it was going to be. And we've also found that there are people who, when they get up to the top, maybe they looked at that and thought, oh, that's not going to be that bad. And then they get up there to the top of the tower and you can literally hear the bones in their knees rattling as they're shaking with fear. Or we'll have people who go, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. And they push themselves, push themselves, and they get to the top of the tower and they're like, oh, that's not nearly as bad as I thought. But perspective, if we're not careful, I've said this time and time again, if we're not careful, we allow our perspective to become reality, and our perspective is often the lens in which we look at something through. And so today I want to challenge us to begin to look at prayer from a, through a different lens and we begin to change our perspective. And I feel like that, that if we can begin to change our perspective about that, then we will find that our posture changes, we will find that the power of our prayer changes, and and there'll be a lot of things that will exponentially change through that process. Now, when we, when we think about prayer and we think about what prayer is, uh, oftentimes we, we get just kind of, if I were to come to you and I say, hey, what is prayer? I'm going to probably get a variety of thoughts. And I was thinking the other day about, you know, particularly for the new believer or maybe the non-believer or maybe um, somebody who's indifferent to faith, um, oftentimes their perspective on prayer might look something similar to this video clip. I love that movie. Um, 
If I'm honest with myself, oftentimes when I think about my prayer life, I, a lot of times I, I find myself feeling a lot like Tom Hanks did in the movie Castaway. I love the illustration that Lowell used last week about the empty chair, and, and sometimes when I, when I go to pray, if I'm honest with myself, I feel like it's the, the speakings or the ramblings of, of a delusional madman. And I feel like sometimes I'm asking my own questions and answering my own questions and there's this kind of back and forth. And, and I can imagine to the immature believer or to the non-believer that, that when people of faith pray, um, they often look foolish. Because the, the reality about prayer is that prayer is one of those spiritual disciplines that, that we're called to do that really forces us to engage the faith component of, well, our faith. See, for you and I, we, we start off oftentimes approaching prayer with, what do I need to pray? Right? That's kind of how we approach prayer, is that you and I, particularly for those of us who have grown up in the church, um, prayer for many of us has become uh, part of this spiritual discipline or this spiritual obligation that we know as the people of God that we're supposed to pray okay so if we know that we're supposed to pray then the next question is what am I supposed to pray and then the default comes to well I, okay somebody's sick so I'm, I'm supposed to pray what I'm supposed to pray is for healing or somebody lost their job so what I'm supposed to pray for is prosperity or you know my kids are misbehaving so what I'm supposed to pray is this and so that's kind of how we approach prayer is we approach prayer as what I'm supposed to pray or maybe we approach prayer with how am I supposed to pray you know maybe um, for, for those of us who are like, I don't really know, I don't really know how to pray, and so, um, but I got this devotional book for Christmas, or I got this you know prayer book for Christmas, and so each day I'm gonna I'm gonna take five minutes, and I'm gonna read a prayer, and I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with that. I know for me, I have this routine from the from the very beginning when my children were born. Um, I would go in their room and I would pray a prayer over them every night. And I start the prayer off the same way. We always do the same thing. So from the time they were born, I walk in there and I say, we say, good night, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for loving us and saving us and giving your life for us. We pray that each day, Jesus, we would look more and more like you. I thank you for my daughter, Gabby. I thank you that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for her, a plan to bless her and prosper her, not to harm her, to give her a hope for the future. I pray she gets a good night's sleep. She wakes up refreshed and ready for the day that you have for her tomorrow. I pray that she feels your presence and sees you use her and move her and, um, and bless her in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Great prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, every bit of that is true. Every bit of that is my desire for her. And if I miss that opportunity, she will absolutely, Natalie and Gabby in particular, will come to me and go, hey, we forgot to pray. Are, we, are you going to come here and tuck us in and pray for us? Every morning on the way to school, we have this prayer that we go through, and then we have this proclamation prayer that we speak over one another as we're going to school to start our day. And so I, I understand what to pray, and I understand how to pray, but, but I really, like most people, find at times it's very difficult to pray and, and at times I, I pray for things and I pray for healing and I pray for wholeness or I pray for this and I pray for that and nothing changes 
A few months ago, we were coming to the end of our season um, with our ministry, and December's kind of our, our, our slowing down time, and we have about three to four weeks uh, where our ministry transitioned from the end of one season to the beginning of, new se- of a new season, and so it's an opportunity for us to rest and reflect and, and prepare. And, it, and I'll be honest with you, each year as I get, as I get older and older, um, the, the, the strength to make it through another year um, becomes more and more daunting. And so back in December, I was beginning to pray, and I was beginning to, you know, just ask the Lord. I was like, I, you know, I, I know that I've got a few more years left in me, but gosh, each year I get more and more tired. It gets more and more harder to, to do the things that we do. And, um, you know, at some point I've got to, you know, hand this over to, to some younger people who can, you know, go on less sleep and bones don't crack when they bend over and they don't wake up sore and things like that. And so I was talking to a, a friend of mine um, who is um, retirement age now, and he's been a mentor of mine for a number of years, and um, he runs a, a ministry in Greensboro. And I was on the phone with him, and I was kind of just lamenting and talking to him. And he said, hey, um, what, is your, what is your vision? And I was like, well, you know, Capstone's mission statement is blah, 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 blah. And he said, no, 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 no. I didn't ask you what your mission statement was. I said, what's your vision? And, and again, I kind of said, okay, well, our mission statement is this and this and this, and, and we're going to accomplish that by doing blah, blah. He goes, I, listen, I, I know what you do, and I know how you do it. What I'm asking you is, what is your vision statement? Because vision, Lenny, precedes everything. He said, I'm not asking you what you do or how you do it. I want you to tell me why you do it. He said, because the problem with most organizations is they know what they do and they know how they do it, but as, as their organization goes on and on and on, eventually somebody, the founders, may move on or they may get so busy doing what and how that they forget why they do something. And it was interesting because that came right on the very beginning of us uh, writing this new curriculum for leadership teams. And, and little did I know that I'd already started to do that. And we, we really understood that from a personal experience that oftentimes, you know, when we start off doing something, we begin, it's called mission drifting. We begin to drift away from why we were doing something because we start to focus on what we're doing and so what we're doing begins to you know we begin to focus on this is what we're doing this is what we're doing what we're doing and the more you play that out the more narrow that becomes and he was reminding me that when you focus on why when you focus on on the passion that stirred in you that compelled you and Bobby to start this organization when you begin to focus on why suddenly your what becomes much broader and that was absolutely emphasized on Thursday when Wednesday I was kind of staring at almost a blank sheet of paper in my message and a friend of mine just sent me that video randomly and it connected the two dots because it was a talk on your why needs to define your what's and little did I know that I had been writing not only this message, but I'd been writing this whole thing for 90 days, not really understanding that in essence, 
that's what we're talking about. The, the passion, the why that motivates us. See, maybe we pray out of obligation. Maybe we pray out of a spiritual discipline. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want us to, I want to challenge us today to begin to change our perspective and move away from what we pray and how we pray to why we pray. See, perspective is a particular attitude towards or a way of regarding something or a point of view. And for many of us who wake up every day and we go to a job, I mean, I find, I know I find my wife at times, you know, feeling burned out on what she does and I feel burned out on what I do, but what, what ignites us and what reinvigorates us is when we focus on why we do what we do because why is so much more important than what it is the cornerstone the capstone of what we do it is the it is the defining moment the defining motivation the defining thought the defining passion it is the it is the thing that changes us at a heart level that opens the doors to what's possible it is the very it is at the very heart of who we are. Like I told you earlier, if if I'm honest with myself, most of my prayer life is birthed out of necessity. I tend to to be a pretty selfish, self-centered follower of Jesus in the sense that I, I tend to think that I do things, accomplish things, make things happen in my own strength. And oftentimes it's not till I get to the end of myself that I suddenly go, oh, wait a minute, God, I, I'm not the center of my universe and I'm not the center of my ministry. I'm not the center of everything that I, I'm not the sustainer and the all in all. And now that I've messed this up, um, mix this up I've gone right when I should have gone left I've gone further than I than you wanted me to go now that I've now that I've completely gotten off track I need you to step in and do something and I feel completely confident standing up here sharing that because I know that I'm not alone in this room in that and and if you don't believe that, just listen to, to how some of our prayers start out. I remember the first time that I went to Kenya, we were in this uh, hotel, if you want to call it that. We're in a third world country hotel, and we're going to be traveling an entire, the next morning we're going to be traveling almost eight hours on on this road, if you want to call it a road. It's not paved. There are literally potholes that are... Um, that are you know probably four or five feet deep um, and the missionary that we're working with reminds us hey don't you know don't freak out but it's quite possible we're going to see abandoned vehicles that are burned up and shot up because there's bandits there's these armed bandits that like to um, hijack raid attack convoys that are going through this area and shoot up the vehicles and burn them and sometimes they'll kill people and stuff like that so you know just just be mindful that that's that's where we're going <laughs> okay now yeah, I was a youth pastor here I mean I've, I've taken kids to Carowinds I've sat in the van and prayed for travel mercies and safe travel going to Carowinds like I, I got I, I know how to pray for safe travel 
But I promise you, my why that day took on a whole new meaning, all right? So let's be honest. I mean, it, now, granted, somebody pointed, to, pointed out to me after first service, there are some inherent dangers driving on 77 and 85 to get to Carowinds. I'm not trying to discount, I'm not trying to discount that. So, in fact, um, one of them is my wife because she thinks that that merge where 77 and 85 come together is like her turn to drive in the Pepsi 600 or something like that. So I get it, right? Um, but let's be honest. There's not bandits in armed vehicles and machine guns waiting to attack us on the road, right? But in that moment, I wanted to get back home from this mission trip. So why was I praying for safety became a whole lot more important to me than what I said. In fact, I can't tell you what I said, but I know why I was praying it. That was also the first time that I had set and said the blessing before a meal and really meant it. All right? Because I'm looking at what's on my plate and I'm going, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure how it was stored, how it was cooked, how it was prepared. But I know that I really need God to bless this food. Because if he doesn't, I know where my face is going to be in about 12 hours. It's going to be in a toilet throwing up, right? And so what I prayed was far less important to me or how I prayed was far less important to me than why I was praying in that moment we got the, a chance to baptize a bunch of people uh, we went to this big water hole we, we baptized this entire village and we all took turns getting into the, the watering hole and baptizing all the people and we're all high-fiving ourselves and high-fiving God and just thanking God for this incredible thing. And when we get out, the missionary says, hey, when we get back to town, we need to make sure we go by the pharmacy and get deworming medicine. Suddenly, healing and wholeness took on a whole new meaning. Again, I have no idea what I prayed I have no idea. I, I probably prayed in tears that day. I can probably tell you how I prayed. But the why changed me. If you get a chance sometime, go and read. Turn to Ezekiel and read in chapter 36. The children of Israel have done what most of the children of God have done and that God has blessed them and has honored them and they have turned away and found themselves in disobedience and God has allowed them to suffer the consequences from, for their actions. And so God is beginning to restore and return them and he says, for I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and I will make you clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove, you, remove your heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my law. He goes on in verse 37 to say, this is what the sovereign Lord said. Once again, I will yield to the plea of the house of Israel and do, for, do this for them. I will make their peoples as numerous as sheep and as numerous as the flocks for offerings of Jerusalem during her appointed feast. And then he has Ezekiel walk through these 
these valleys and as he's walking around he sees all these dry bones and the Lord says I want you to speak to them and command them and so Ezekiel begins to speak and and flesh and become bone dry bones become flesh And I want you and I to begin to shift our perspective and, and no longer concern ourselves with what or how, but begin to focus on why, because the why is at the very heart and the very essence of our prayer. And, and why we pray matters so much more than what we pray, and, we, and why we pray to a living God who has the power to raise the dead and why we pray to a living God who has the power to, to move mountains and to raise nations and to bring healing and wholeness and restore life and bring light into dark places. The why we pray becomes so much more important than what we pray. You and I pray because we serve a living God who hears the cries of his people and responds to them. That the God who created everything, the God who hung the stars, who put the moon in its place, who tells the oceans how far it can come and go, the God that separated the light from the darkness, that God hears the heart and the cry of his people. And because he chose to be your God and chose you to be his people, he is moved by the words that we speak and by the meditation of our heart, and it compels him to respond in grace and mercy and compassion and do the things that are impossible for you and I to do. Amen? And so it's not about what we say or how we say it, but it's about the motive in our heart and why you and I become before an almighty God. I want to invite the praise team to come up and I want to close with a couple of thoughts I love one of the most simple prayers in the Bible Jesus is stretched out on the cross he's been mocked and persecuted he's bleeding from the crown of thorns that hang on his head and the mocking sign of real ridicule that hangs on his chest. And he's nailed to this cross and he's strung up between two thieves who absolutely deserve to be where they're at. And one of them in their defiance mocks Jesus, but the other one turns and says, Remember me. Man, as I begin to study through this and I begin to focus on my why the Lord begin to change me I've got a friend who's been for several months now knew that he was going to be transitioning from one career to another and began to ask for prayer that God would help him find the next job that he has for his family and the, and the other night I was no willing no longer willing to just pray Lord bless him with the job and everything but but the Lord began to change me and I began to pray that that God would bless him with the opportunity to provide for his family that he so desperately loves that he would be able to provide him with the means to put a roof over his head and food in the belly of his children 
that, that he would find a job that, that made him feel worthy of the time and the sacrifice away from his family, that, that he would feel that God was blessing him for the work of his hands. I've been married for 15 years and I've got three children and a full-time job and my wife has a full-time job and like many couples trying to get through life, I find days that I like being married and I find days that I don't like being married. I find days that I like being a parent and it's easy and I find days that it's a struggle and I don't like being a parent. But as an obedient follower of Christ, I do what I'm supposed to do and I pray for my family and I pray for my marriage and I pray for this and I pray for that and the other night the Lord just asked me this really, really difficult question and he said, why are you praying for your marriage? And I was like, because Lord, I mean, I, I want to honor you and I want to do this. He's like, no, no, I want you. Why are you praying for your marriage? And I said, because I'm in love with my wife. And I'm so thankful that we found one another. I'm so thankful that you've gifted me and you've blessed me with her presence. And I'm so thankful for my children. And I'm so thankful that, that they're healthy and that they're in their beds asleep and safe. And I'm so thankful that you, do you see what I'm talking about? When I began to understand why I was praying, I became so much so less concerned about what I was praying and, and was I using the right words and was it elegant enough or, or was it uh, spiritual enough or did it theologically sound great? But I began to pray for my wife and my kids and my friend because I understood that in Second Chronicles when it says that if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I will hear them from heaven and I will heal their nation I pray because the verse that resonates in me every single day that I can't get out of my mind is, is John 1.14 that the word the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and I've had the benefit of seeing his glory. I've had the benefit of seeing the almighty God, the one that stretched his hands out on a cross and died for me. I've had the benefit of seeing him move in my life when I didn't deserve it. A few months ago, I was, a few years ago, I was pulling in at the YMCA and I'd, I had this conflict in this relationship. And... And I was angry and I was bitter towards, towards the, the, the people. And, and the Lord asked me one morning as I was pulling up to pray for them. And I started laughing and I was so angry and I was so bitter and I was so defiant. And I was like, hell will freeze over before I'll pray for them. And the Lord's like, I'm just asking you to pray. And I'm going, I'm not going to do it. And he said, I don't want you to pray for their benefit. I want you to pray for yours. And when I began to pray... I began to see them with the eyes that God saw them. I began to see their brokenness in the light of my own brokenness. And I began to have compassion and mercy and love and grace and, and healing and forgiveness in a way that I'd never experienced. 
And God radically changed my heart, but without even speaking or acknowledging that to them, God changed the entire situation and brought healing and wholeness and restoration in a way that I never, ever could have imagined. And again, I can't tell you what I said or how I said it, but I know why I prayed that day, and I know the impact that it had on me. So I'm begging you as we go through this series, don't focus on what or how, but focus on why that we serve a loving God who desires to be intimate with you. And when you and I pray, it ushers in the very presence of God. Be blessed. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.